I found 1212 right after I miscarried our first baby and I got connected with them. And before 1212, I felt very alone. After I got connected with the podcast and the small groups, I had people to come alongside with me in this journey that I'm on. Impact stories like this one are only made possible by donors like you. To donate to 1212 Ministries, text the word 12 to 345-345. Thanks so much for partnering with us. Hey, what's up, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Shining Light with Nicole. I'm Nicole, and today is the International Wave of Light. So this is an annual event that takes place on Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day, which is October 15th. Candles are lit all around the world in all time zones at 7 p.m., and they remain lit for exactly one hour. So as we honor this day, we honor Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day, we are throwing it back to our sweet friend, Stephanie Hanrahan, as she shares about when life looks different. So enjoy this episode, and I look forward to bringing you a brand new show next week. We are so glad that you're here and just thank you for taking the time to do this. I am just beyond inspired by your story, your creativity, your drive, and your passion for your family and others. Oh my goodness. That's a lot to take (laughs) in on a Monday morning, but thank you. I'm learning to receive those things. So thank you. Oh, good. Yes, receive it. Um, And so this episode is all about when life doesn't match our blueprint. And there are just three Bible verses that were just really on my heart and that I wanted to start off with. Uh, But then I want to just jump right into your story. And so the first one is just Proverbs 3, 5. um, And this is all from the message uh, version. And this says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. And then, of course, Romans 8, 28, that says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of God, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. And then I just love 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Okay, Stephanie, come on. Let's jump into your story. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, I have quite a colorful story. So for time's sake, I'm just going to, you know, recap and feel free to, you know, probe me on anything because I'm an open book. But, you know, from the very beginning um, of my existence, it just wasn't going to be an easy ride. Um, So at the age of three, I was abused by my father, um, had a um, pretty, you know, after that part of my life, my mom was, you know, thank goodness, just such a strong woman and was able to remove me from that situation. And and she remarried and we moved and I had a pretty unremarkable childhood up until my teen years, which is quite a blessing to be able to say. Um, yeah. But in, as a teenager, I really struggled with finding my place. Um, I was one of those girls who was kind of a chameleon. I felt like I could always blend in, but I never belonged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really struggled with self-esteem and body image issues. 
Um, at the age of 14, I was a victim of statutory rape. Um, I So a lot of trial and overcome, you know, that's kind of the yes. theme early on, right? Like, um, just wasn't going to be a coasting existence. So yes, so we um, dealt with those issues and, you know, was able to go to school and get my degree in nursing, but a lot of things just kept coming my way. I had um, cancer twice. Um, I was, I had a boyfriend who I was very desperately in love with that passed away. Um, and I kind of just found myself um, identifying with so many worldly things, including men. I was hopping from relationship to relationship and just sometimes they even overlapped. And I was just full of all this love for everybody except myself. Um, so that kind of led me into my my early 20s, mid 20s with just this this pattern of just repetitive behavior of just never being alone. Um, and you know, you don't hear me mention God during this time because it really wasn't an existent part of my life. Um, mm-hmm. if you asked me if I believed, I would say, sure. Like we, we go to, my family went to church on Christmas and Easter. Like I get who God is. Right. But I didn't have him actively walking with me. So I thought, right. Um, yeah. and I just didn't have, I didn't know that true belonging and relationship quite yet. So, um, wow. Stephanie, yeah. how, like talk about an overcomer. Yeah, right. Like a lot. And and the reason I mention that is because, um, you know, later on, we'll talk about how all of that shaped me into the work I'm doing now. But when I reached 25, um, it actually was a, a book from the library that changed my life. I read, um, I was in a really toxic relationship and I read, if you didn't talk to that person for 60 days, um, you would be able to break those chains. You'd be able to, once you've broke up with them, stop talking to them for 60 days. Emotions will have died down by then. You can reevaluate where you're at. And um, those 60 days changed me. I ended up packing everything I I owned into my two-door coupe and drove to a state <laughs> where I knew no one and started my life again in Texas. And so um, I arrived in Texas with very little And um, 10 years later, I'll say I have a whole lot because I have faith (laughs) and a husband and I did the work on myself, which is really, really important to note that, yeah, I just, part of my story is that the white knight didn't come rescue me. I facilitated my own rescue. And a lot of that was finding God and finding therapy and finding people that were going to surround me with faith. Wow. I'm like, that was so good. (laughs) That was... That, I mean, that just, that really inspired me is just that through, through all of that, that you, that you went through, that the Lord rescued you, but also you had to do the hard work. Like you are not going to rely on anybody else to kind of just jump in and save you. It was just like the Lord was there, but then also you had to do the, do the hard work. And I think that that is awesome. hundred percent. Because yeah, a lot of us miss that because we think, oh, someone else is going to do it. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, my prayer before any interview I ever do now is, Lord, I showed up. Now it's your turn, right? Like we have to do the work. We have to be the hands and the feet, right? So I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time, but it's very clear to me now that um, he equipped me with these skills, which was, was just a lot of fight and a lot of overcome. Um, and then that led me to my current day story, which is, um, which, you know, I thought, I thought once I married, it was going to be time for me to just set up that white picket fence and God just had a different plan for me there too. 
Yeah. So yeah, definitely talk about um, your husband, your kiddos, or even just your journey, you know, to motherhood. Yes. So um, I met and married my husband and it was pretty um, much close to a fairy tale. We immediately tried to have a family and I um, had two miscarriages. Um, So again, a lot of that, oh, you brought me so close, Lord, but like, why? Why is this? Why is this not within my reach? Um, I eventually did go on to have my beautiful daughter, Campbell, and our son, Eli. Um, And so the summer of 2016, Eli was born and our family was complete. And I felt like, okay, this is it. Now it's my time to just kind of sit back and relax. And, and, you know, I had this pretty life and that's what I was projecting to the world. You know, no one knew about, um, any of my past that was, that was all done. I'm ready for this future with my family. And then I woke up one Saturday morning and found my husband, who is a former athlete. He was 31 at the time, the epitome of physical health. Mm -hmm. And I found him um, flatlined on our bedroom floor. Oh, my goodness. So... The um, the story behind that, we, 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 what we would come to learn, is that Sean has a rare version of an even uh, already rare heart condition. Um, his heart is three times as thick as it should be, and it is prone to stopping, just like it did that Saturday. Um, the only reason that I am not a widow right now, we were told by the doctors, is the fact that when my husband got out of bed and his heart stopped. He fell, and during his fall, he hit his back on our nightstand and broke his back. He shattered his spine. Uh And during that break, that jolt of his spine breaking restarted his heart. So Uh I would not be here with a husband right now if if he would have just fallen gracefully to the carpet. So I always like to stop in that moment and pause and say, um, this is like when you're going through something incredibly difficult and you think you can't take any more pain, like why did he have to break his back? Well, that break, that pain saved his life. Um, And I think that's kind of like an overarching theme for my life too, (laughs) um, which is that pain is incredibly purposeful. So um, we, you know, my husband for that summer, I had a two-year-old and a six-week-old and he was learning to feed himself and bathe himself again and walk again. And we were learning our way around heart disease and learning that he would need a transplant eventually. And, um, during that time, they also dropped another, um, ball for us and said that the condition was genetic. So our kids, mm. um, each would have a 50% chance of having it as well. Um, so in one moment, in one Saturday morning, I, it was the complete demolition of my faith and family, everything I thought, you know, was supposed to be. Um, and during that time, it was also pretty difficult because my daughter who was two, um, she was extremely intelligent and social and smart and, and that's not doting first time mom talk. That's true. She, (laughs) you know, was 12 months old when she was speaking in sentences and could say all her letter sounds and count by fives and tens. She was just this brilliant little girl, really happy little girl. And, um, but then I started noticing, man, she's really rigid and she would have massive breakdowns, um, over simple things falling out of place, like a lost happy meal toy or her favorite show getting erased. And, 
eventually kind of pieced everything together and um, learned that my daughter had autism. And a year later, uh, my son would be diagnosed with it as well. So that was kind of the, (laughs) that was, that was, you know, (laughs) when I say demolition, every expectation and vision I had in my head was completely gone. Yes. Okay. So you just said the key word. So talk to us a little bit just about expectations and just, you know, we know how you could move past that, but how can just someone really just take just, I mean, heartbreak, hurt, uh, news that you just were not expecting, you know, so when you have that expectation of what you think your life is supposed to be like, and the Lord is like, Hey, I've got something different. You know, how can, how can we move past that? How can we walk past it? I mean, I think you just have to keep showing up for your life. (laughs) And I know that this is going to sound so it's simple because it should be right. Like you have to keep showing up for your life. And when this was all happening to my husband and kids, I mean, I didn't have a choice um, to stay in bed and wallow, right? Like I'd give myself 15 minutes in the morning to cry and grieve. And then I had children to feed. And so I think the expectations, I mean, we all have them. As soon as my daughter was diagnosed, this you know, mother-daughter dream team I had conjured up in my head about proms and weddings and, and just this connection between us, it, it all disappeared. And I entered really, really an incredible stage of grieving because you're letting go of what you thought your life was going to be. But, you know, God tells us that's never what he, you know, that, that life that I had in my head was never what he intended for me. These children were, you know, sewn together, perfectly made in his image. And now it was me that had to be reborn, right? They were born perfectly whole. They had always been this way. They had just showed another layer to themselves. And so um, I showed up. I had to keep showing up. I have underlying, you know, anxiety and depression, and that was an extra added layer. Um, But I'll tell you that my children's pain led me to faith. And you know, my pain wasn't going to be enough. I could handle that on my own, right? But when you have your children and you're looking at their future and your husband and all these people that you love, um, it really made me sit and question, okay, what's the bigger purpose here? What's the silver lining to special needs parenting? And um, I was so overworked and exhausted during that phase of my life that I, I will be honest, I went to the church for refuge. I used it as a babysitter and a place to get coffee. (laughs) And I joined the mom's group there and I joined the Bible study. And I simply just needed rest. I needed capable people to take my children off my hands for an hour. And what ended up happening, because we know the way the Lord works, is that you can put truth in a grave, but it's not going to stay there, right? Like Jesus, just like Jesus, it right. You're going (laughs) to rise. It's going to rise to the top. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just here to breathe, right? I'm just here to 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 take a break. And all of those bits of truth were rising, and they were seeping into me. And so um, little by little, it was not an overnight change. I was able to reach a place where I'm like, okay, you've given me this life for a purpose. I've shown up for it. And now you're going to use it for your glory. That's awesome. Love it. So do you think that it's, do you think it's okay to have an expectation? I know that's kind of a silly question, but I know like we all, we all have them. Sure. I mean, I think, um, 
I think it's okay to have an outline in our head. Um, of outline. Where we wanna, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we need to um, bullet point. I think that's that those details are not for us to consume ourselves with. I think it's okay to say my outline for my life was to have a husband and kids. And I did that, but it wasn't my choice to bullet point it and say, but they're not going to have special needs and they're not Mm -hmm. going to have bad hearts. Like that was never my job nor my right. Um, so I think that's with any expectation, like I'm a go-getter. I'm an, I'm a little, you know, type A OCD. I have a lot of plans going on, but I've also been learning to just relinquish control. And in the middle of the trial say, what will you have me do next? God, what will you have me do next? And just surrender. Cause that's, that was the hardest lesson for me is just to give up that control. Mm -hmm. And so then what does acceptance look like to you? Oh, I mean, I'm still actively <laughs> working on that. It's hard. Um, um, you know, how acceptance is just this, it's, it's so funny because when you say acceptance, it's what I always push for my children, right? Like inclusion and acceptance and for people to see them fully. And I, so I think that would be the answer for me. Like acceptance is being fully seen. It's not hiding who you are. It's standing in your truth, no matter how gritty it is and saying, I own this. Um, This is my life. This is my family. These are my past mistakes, but my future is a clean slate. So acceptance to me is just being fully seen and loved anyhow. That's beautiful. That I I really, that's going to bless somebody. I know it. That is really going to bless somebody when they hear that. That that was, that was really good. That blessed my heart. Uh, well, it's learned, right? Like all of this, I've all, I'm only able to say this because I walked through it, right? So yes. this is this is a learned behavior for me to get to this point. And I just have a couple more things, I promise. But I'm like, I could talk to you all day and just, you know, inspiring me just to, you know, move past it, be the best that I can be. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm on fire right now. Okay, so when when you're having a challenging time, you know, just what is your go-to? Like, what do you know that you have to do? So something's not going your way. What's your number one thing you're doing? Uh, for me, it's writing. I have to write. Um, writing is, is not my job, but it's also my form of therapy. It's my form of prayer. Um, it's when I best hear God and it's when I'm my most authentic self. Um, and, you know, I think I was given that form of communication as my spiritual gift. I think we all have spiritual gifts, right? And mine is to be able to communicate through the spoken word. And so um, that is how I'm, when I'm going through something, I break it all down. And unknowingly, this is a part of my story that, um, that really saved me when I, when I talk about showing up. Um, I started my blog in, in a very unorthodox way. Um, it yeah. actually, the day, the day my daughter was diagnosed with, um, autism, I came home and I put her down for a nap and I screamed and cried into a pillow. And then I grabbed my phone and I opened a private Instagram account and I told no one about it, not even my husband. And I used it as an online journal for myself. I just figured you always have your phone with you. I have the Instagram app. I'm just going to do it that way. And for a year and a half, no one knew, but I poured my realest self onto the pages of those posts. And um, it was a mother who was hurting and grieving and finding herself. 
And um, after uh, I was still publicly posting my prettiest parts and concealing my cracks (laughs) because that's what I thought we were supposed to do in life. That's what culture had taught me is that nobody wants your, your, you know, ugly. They just want your pretty. They want your highlight reel, not your real life. And so I was living this duplicitous online life. And little did I know that that whole year and a half of, of being myself to myself was going to save me. So I think showing up, when I say show up, you can show up on the stage, you can show up on a page, you can show up on an, an empty Instagram. You just have to have an outlet to pour your realist self into. And don't shame yourself for any of it. That's really important too. Exactly. I love it. Well, tell everybody, you know, where they can find find your blog and and all the things because I love it because it is so real. It's raw. It's honest, you know. And like you said, everybody puts out their highlight reel, and it's it's challenging to find someone that is going going to let you know the truth and the truth about them. Totally. So um, the blog started um, because as I was leading this duplicitous online life, I posted our most recent family photos and um, somebody called my family, well-intendedly, they called my family perfect. They said, oh my goodness, you have the perfect life. And it made me feel so icky because they were only seeing a portion of my my true self. And so I decided to um, open that Instagram account that I'd used as a journal. I left it completely unedited. So if you scroll back to the beginning post, you see the very first entry is me with the dark circles under my eyes from crying so much um, on diagnosis day. And I attached that to my blog, um, which is called Tinkles Her Pants. Um, <laughs> it's the moments that make you laugh, cry, and leak a little. And I, I called it that because I live for those moments that make you laugh so hard you leak a little, but that's not always real life. Real life is hard and real life can wreck you and real life needs to be done with real people. So this was my Hail Mary attempt to find my people. I just wanted one. I felt so alone. I just wanted one who could say, I get it. I get you. And to my surprise, thousands of women have come with that message and shared their stories. And now I have this beautiful community of of what I call family um, that I get to just write and share my truth to. So you're welcome to follow along. It's tinklesherpants.com or at tinklesherpants on Instagram and also on Facebook. Yes. Okay, Stephanie, talk to that person who maybe feels like their life is just not what they expected, what they prayed for, or even just wanted. Can you just encourage them really quick? Yes. Okay. Here's the deal. (laughs) We are in the business now of trading our expectations for appreciation. So you've got to find every day a little something, a little something to get you out of bed and help you to rise. And here's the deal. You know, for me, I used to think miracles were, you know, the cure if the autism was gone or if his, my husband's heart was healed or, if, um, you know, these big lightning bolt, bolt hallelujah moments. But that's not always the miracle. Miracles to God look like bringing his children home. And I'm home now. And so I think if we can stay awake and stay focused, we're going to find that we there, God is working a miracle for you. And it's not going to feel that way when you're in the pain. But if you can just hold on, there's a rising. My favorite author, Glennon Doyle, says, first the pain, then the waiting, then the rising. It's the story of Jesus, right? 
his crucifixion. So there's just no glory except straight through your story. You have to walk through it. You just have to. And so while you're doing that, just say, I surrender. And then ask God, what are you here to teach me? Because I promise there's a lesson in every day. So good. So, so good. Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just taking time out of your schedule just to chat with us today. I really appreciate you so much. You are so welcome. It's my pleasure. Okay. And so before we jump off really quick, we have just our final two questions because this podcast, it is just all about Matthew 5, 16 and letting our light shine, you know, for the world. And, And just to remind people that God is real. He's there. He cares for you and loves you so. And so, you know, God uses our story to change the world. And so how did your puzzle pieces lead you to where you are today? Oh my goodness. Well, I think, I think it all came together because once I opened the blog, I realized, you know, this isn't just um, a special needs platform or a grieving spouse platform or a platform where I can talk about abuse. Every single thing that I've gone through helps me relate to the to another person. Mm -hmm. And so now I get to talk about all of those things candidly, these things no one knew about me. Um, And they freed me. That was the ticket to my like, freedom was my pain. It was so purposeful. And, um, and so I just think that's, that's really the message that I want to resonate is that whatever you're walking through, it really is there to teach you something and it's there to lead you somewhere. And I never, ever, ever would have believed it, but I have some of the most beautiful people in my life now that I would not have had if my children did not have special needs Mm -hmm. or my husband wasn't sick. And so I just think that's really important to hold on to. That's good. And then you do such an amazing job of just shining bright and not hiding your light for the kingdom. You know, have you always been that way? And what can you share, you know, with us just to encourage us and help us just not hide? Oh, no. I mean, I think like we talked about earlier, I, I the blog is only a little over a year old. So this is still new for me. I'm still getting my footing in this life of, you know, just authentic living. Um, but no, I was petrified to show my real self. I mean, I lived in hiding the majority of my life. But I think if you go back and you see for that year and a half when I was writing who I was and now who I am, I mean, I think that that my testimony is literally on a page (laughs) because I went from being scared and grieving and helpless and hopeless to feeling like, okay, I've been given this life and how can I make the best of it and how can I use it to help people? And I think once your open wounds kind of scab over and you can share more from your scars, that's when you really get to help people. So find what breaks your heart, find what, what motivates you, um, whether it's your pain or somebody else's and follow it and follow it because that's where your people will be. And that's where your true purpose will be. Love it. So awesome. Stephanie, thanks again. We will absolutely include a link to Tinkles Her Pants in the show notes you guys have to absolutely check it out and again Stephanie appreciate you thank you so much